Welcome back to the Marshfield First Podcast. Each week, you can find our sermon audio right here. We hope this will encourage our church family and keep us all up to date on our different sermon series. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple or Spotify and share on social media with others. I want to ask that you open your Bible to the book of Genesis. We're going to pick up on our study of Joseph, Genesis chapter 41. When I watched that video, there's a word that I've had written down on my notes this week, and um, I was going to share it at the end, and I am going to share it at the end, but I, you know, we're talking about being an overcomer, and we're talking about these seasons that people experience where it feels like life is just hard or, or things just aren't going right, and, and these seasons have an effect on us. And sometimes there are people around us that would feel like a, a silent wreck, like everything on the inside is just going crazy. And yet on the outside, you're silent and calm. No one would know from your countenance the hardship or the season of life that you're going through. I really do believe that when we find ourselves in these seasons that God is there and God is moving and God is working, even when we can't see it and we don't feel in it and and we don't understand it, God is still working. And in our text today, we're going to see that, how how God was working in Joseph's life. Now, now let me get us up to speed. Last week, we talked about, it was Mother's Day, we we looked at Deuteronomy chapter 6. We took a step out of um, the study of Joseph. But before that, we left Joseph in prison. Uh, and Joseph got there uh, to prison back at the beginning of the story. The fa- his father gave him this beautiful coat with many colors, and um, God had given Joseph a dream. And uh, he shared that dream with his brothers and his parents, how one day they would all bow down before him. And because of the coat and the favoritism and this dream, his brothers had a burning anger towards him, that um, something was inside of them that they just could not stand their brother. And this wasn't just like sibling rivalry. This was well beyond that. And so Joseph went out to check on his brothers as they were out tending the sheep and and the flocks. And when 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 he came closer, they saw Joseph strolling up with his fancy coat and inside of them, they burned with anger and they decided they were going to put him to death. So they took him, they beat him and they threw him at the bottom of a pit. Then they decided instead of killing him, Joseph's answer to life was being sold into slavery to a caravan. So Joseph went from the bottom of the pit to this caravan to Egypt. Egypt was a city that was just bustling with all kinds of economic wealth and um, all kinds of um, significant things happening. But one of the things that was there was a pluralistic um, uh, people were worshiping all kinds of gods. Everything was a god. The, the moon, the sun, the water, the wind. Every, all of these gods, these idols were all over the place. And this is, this is the place Joseph landed. He found himself serving in Potiphar's house. And Potiphar was a wealthy man. He was a ruler in the army. And so he had status. He had power. He had wealth. And, and Joseph, everything Joseph touched, God blessed Joseph began climbing the ranks. Before you knew it, Joseph was in charge over everything in Potiphar's house. Joseph was serving diligent and doing what he was supposed to do. And then Potiphar's wife came and began tempting him. 
not just once. You know, a lot of times temptation, we think, okay, if I can just overcome temptation. It's not a temptation, is it? In life, isn't it temptations? Like every, temptations are always typically plurals. Like it's not just, we just accomplish it one time. Like we, Joseph didn't just say no one time to Potiphar's wife, but it said day after day after day. She came on to him. And finally, one day she threw herself at him and, and Joseph fled. He did the right thing. He ran from the temptation and, and she reached out and she grabbed his, his coat, his clothes. And so there she was holding his coat. He's running away. And then she screams and says, Joseph was throwing himself at her. Potiphar had Joseph thrown into prison. If you remember a couple weeks ago, we talked about how sometimes things can go from bad to worse. And I'm pretty sure some of you have been in a season where things change pretty fast. Like the, the circumstances of life were, were hard, were bad, and they turned worse and right before your eyes. And there's Joseph from the pit to the caravan to Potiphar's house doing the right thing of resisting temptation and now prison. We find Joseph in prison and, and he's gaining success in prison. The things that Joseph does, he has God's favor and God blesses. I don't know exactly how it worked in prison in Egypt in those days, but Joseph was rising in ranks of the prisoners and he was taking on responsibilities and God was blessing. And they're in prison. Let's begin reading in Genesis chapter 41. We're going to begin with verse 1. At the end of the two years, Pharaoh had a dream. He was standing beside the Nile. When seven healthy-looking, well-fed cows came up from the Nile and began to graze among the reeds. After them, seven other cows, sickly and thin, came up from the Nile and stood beside those cows along the bank of the Nile. The sickly, thin cows ate the healthy, well-fed cows. And then Pharaoh woke up. He fell asleep and he dreamed a second time. Seven heads of grain, plump and good, came up from one stalk. After them, seven heads of grain thin and scorched by the east wind sprouted up. The thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven plump full ones. And then Pharaoh woke up and it was only a dream. When morning came, he was troubled. And so he summoned all the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men. Pharaoh told them his dreams, but no one could interpret them for him. And then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, today I remember my faults. Pharaoh was angry with the servants and he put me and the chief baker in custody of the captain's guards. And he and I had dreams on the same night. Each had a dream its own meaning. Now a young Hebrew, a slave of the captain, uh, a captain of the slave of the captain of the guards was with us there. We told him our dreams and he interpreted our dreams for us and each had his own interpretation. It turned out just the way he interpreted them to us. I was restored to my position, and the other man was hanged. So we read this about Pharaoh's dreams. One of the things that we skipped over was chapter 40 of Genesis of what happened right before. And so let me tell you a little bit about what happened. So they're in prison, and Joseph um, is gaining favor, as I mentioned, um, 
two of Pharaoh's prominent, um, his cupbearer, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker were put into prison. We don't know why they were in prison, but they were put into prison and they were put under Joseph's charge there in prison. And so Joseph was watching over them and both of them had dreams. And so they woke up and they told Joseph the dreams. The first dream, the, the, the chief cupbearer, he had a dream about a large vine that had three branches with these big, luscious grapes that were hanging on them. And there was Pharaoh's cup, and he squeezed the grapes, and the juice ran into the cup. Joseph heard the dream, and Joseph interpreted the dream. He said, three branches is three days. In three days, you will be restored to your position as the cheap cupbearer. Hearing the good news from the cupbearer, the baker thought, well, let me tell you my dream. I want to know what good things you have for me. And so the baker said, here's the dream that I had. I was walking and I had three baskets that were stuck, stacked on top of my head. And on top, were, were, uh, each basket was filled with baked goods. But then birds were eating out of the top basket. And so Joseph heard the dream and he told the, the baker, three baskets equals three days. In three days, you are going to be hung on a tree. And the birds are going to come and pick and eat your flesh. Both dreams came true, exactly as Joseph had said. You know, sometimes we can read these scriptures and we read this story of Joseph in prison and we see how he's gaining success and we can begin to think, well, well, life must be turning around for Joseph. He must, he, even though he's in prison, he, he, must, he must be uh, enjoy, like it must not be that bad, don't we? Don't we read that sometimes fast? But in the middle of that story, after he tells the cupbearer uh, what's gonna happen and how he's gonna be restored to the position, he's, he says to the cupbearer, he says, now when you get out and you get restored to your position, don't forget about me. There's Joseph in prison for something he didn't do. In a place that he doesn't want to be. He tells the cupbearer, when you get out, just, just do me one favor. I've interpreted this dream, just one favor. When you get out, don't forget about me. I think as we read through these verses and we pick up on Pharaoh's dream and what God is doing and what God is sharing with Pharaoh, we can see God's hand at work. Look at verse 23, the last verse of chapter 40. Yet the cup, chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph and forgot about him. And there Joseph was, again, being used by God to do uh, the work, to, to interpret the dream. He couldn't do it on his own. He's being used by God. He has one request. Don't forget about me. And the Bible says unbelievably clearly, yet the cheap cuffbearer did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. Now that's a season of life, isn't it? Just when you think it might, like there's Joseph's ticket out. The cupbearer, that's how Joseph's going to get out. And yet, once again, Joseph is stuck 
there in prison in a place he doesn't want to be in a season of life that he doesn't want to stay. He wants to get out so bad. And I'm pretty sure we've been there. I'm pretty confident you've been there or maybe some of your loved ones have. Remember I told you a few weeks ago, you're either coming out of a season, you're in the middle of the season or look out, the season's going to come your way. And here Joseph is stuck in prison. We look at Pharaoh's dream. The first part of chapter 41 says, at the end of two years, Pharaoh had a dream. So it had, had, been, it had been two years since he had interpreted the cupbearer's dream. Can you imagine right after um, uh, jo- jo- Joseph interpreted this dream of the cupbearer and he said, remember me? I-, I bet the days after, every time somebody opened the door at the prison, he was like, okay, is this my time to get out? Is this my time to get out? And then disappointment. Then somebody else comes through, is, is this my time? Did he tell Pharaoh, am I about to be released? And again, no hope. And after a few days, a few weeks, no hope. The scripture says it had been two years since Joseph had interpreted the dream for the cupbearer and the baker. The Bible says that Pharaoh had a dream. He was standing beside And in that, there were seven healthy cows that came up to graze uh, by the Nile. And then there were seven thin cows. And then the seven thin cows ate the seven healthy cows. And then in the second dream, the Bible says, the seven heads of grain, they were plump and they had seven uh, heads on them. They were good. They came up. And then there were seven heads of grain that were thin and they were scorched by the wind. And then the thin grain swallowed up the healthy grain. What in the world is this dream about? God gives Pharaoh, Pharaoh has this dream and He goes to the magicians and all of the wise men so that they could interpret what God was, or what was being said in the dreams. The next thing we find is that in the middle of all of this, Joseph still recognizes and trusts God. Joseph still recognizes and trusts God. Being stuck in prison, he still trusts God. How do I know that? Verse 9, it said, Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, Today I remember my faults. I remember back when, Pharaoh, you were angry with your servants, and you put me and the chief baker in the custody of the captain of the guards. And he and I had dreams each night with its own meaning. Verse 12 says, Now a young Hebrew slave of the captain of the guards was with us, and we told him our dreams, and he interpreted them for us. And each had his own interpretation. It turned out just the way he interpreted them to us. And I was restored to my position and the other one was hanged. The cupbearer now has an aha. Oh, aha. I remember two two years later. I remember. He tells Pharaoh about Joseph, this young Hebrew. And Joseph's brought into the king's palace. 
And the scripture tells us in verse 15, it says, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I've had a dream and no one can interpret it, but I've heard it said about you that you can um, hear a dream and interpret it. And here's how I know that in this season of life, when things keep turning bad for Joseph, when like you think he's about to get ahead and then he doesn't, when he does the right thing, he gets thrown into prison. When everything, he's still in this long season, 13 years, it adds up to be. Here's how I know he still recognizes God and trusts him. Listen, Listen to what he says. When Pharaoh asked him, can you interpret my dream? And he says, I am not able to. It is God who will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. He recognized that even though it didn't work out the way he wanted to in prison, he didn't get out when the cupbearer got out, Uh, even though it didn't work out when he resisted temptation in Potiphar's house, even though um, it didn't work out with, with his brothers, all of these things didn't work out, he still trusted God because when he's standing before Pharaoh, one of the most powerful men in the world, he said, can you interpret my dream? And he says, I am not able to. But God will give you a favorable answer. He trusted God in that moment when he still had nothing else. He recognizes and trusted God. God was still working in Joseph's life, even though he was experiencing defeat, even though he was stuck in prison. God is about to bring out his story of redemption and how he's about to to save his people. God is at work. Joseph continued to trust God. It is God who will be able to give a favorable answer. Even when Joseph could not see, God was still at work. Even when it didn't feel like God was doing anything for Joseph, He still trusted him. As we move to verse 25, we see how God reveals future plans to Pharaoh. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, beginning in 25, Pharaoh's dreams mean the same thing. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he's about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good heads are seven years. The dreams mean the same thing. The seven thin, sickly cows that came up after them are seven years, and the seven worthless, scorched heads of grain are seven years of famine. It is just as I told Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Seven years of great abundance are coming through the land of Egypt. After them, seven years of famine will take place, and all the abundance in the land of Egypt will be forgotten. The famine will devastate the land. The abundance in the land will not be remembered because of the famine that follows it, for the famine will be very sincere. Since the dream was given to Pharaoh twice, it means the matter has been determined by God, and he will carry it out. Here it is. God gave a glimpse of what was about to come to a pagan king. This just shows God can use anybody to do the work that he wants to bring about. And he gives this dream to a pagan king. Seven good years and seven years of famine. 
And then Joseph speaks up. Listen to what Joseph says. I love this. So now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this. Let him appoint overseers over the land and take a fifth of the harvest of the land of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. Let them gather all the excess food during the seven good years that are coming under Pharaoh's authority. Store the grain in the city so they may preserve it as food and the food will be a reserve for the land during the seven years of famine that will take place in the land of Egypt. And then the country will not be wiped out by the famine. So Joseph has another step of, of wisdom and he shares it with Pharaoh. The mo- one of the most powerful men in the room, or in the, in the world, he says, and what you should do is you should set a person in charge, a wise man who is discerning so that he can manage all of these things. So during the good years, you can store up um, the, the food so when the seven years of famine comes that you won't be wiped out. And then look what God does. In verse 37, the proposal pleased Pharaoh and all of his servants. And he said to them, can we find anyone like this? A man who has God's spirit in him? So Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all of this known to you, there is no one as discerning and wise as you are. You will be over my house and over all my people, all of my people will obey your commands. Only I as king will be greater than you. Pharaoh also said to Joseph, see, I am placing you over all of the land of Egypt. You see, only God can take Joseph from the prison and put him in charge of the palace. You know, I, you wonder if Joseph, if the cupbearer had remembered Where would Joseph have ended up? You see, God was still working and God was still moving. And I guarantee you, when Joseph was in that prison, he didn't understand and he probably didn't see very much of what God was doing. And you may find yourself right there right now. Like you're in a place and you can't see anything good coming from this. I want you to learn from Joseph and I want you to trust God. Remember God. Only God could take Joseph from prison and put him in the palace. Now, one thing I want to say, and this may be hard to hear, sometimes in Christ, our healing is eternal. Sometimes our victory is our relationship with God and we don't see healing on this earth. We don't see um, everything come together. Sometimes we just don't. But we know because of Christ and and the promise we have in scriptures. Yesterday we did the the funeral service for Miss Barbara Kane. 99 years old. be absent from the body is to be with Christ, to be healed, to be home. And so I can't tell you what God is doing, but I know God is moving. I know God is at work. God is working behind the scenes. God may be doing things right in front of you and you may be recognize it and you're sitting back in awe and you're watching it. But I want to encourage you today. If you're where Joseph was in prison, I want you to work hard. Do the best you can. That's what Joseph did. 
Trust God, even in your doubts and in your hurt and in your pain, because God is still working. This morning, you may be a person who inwardly and nobody knows but you but you're that person that's a silent wreck right now. That inside, nobody knows the hurt and the pain, the frustration, the doubts. No one knows. But I want to tell you today, you're not forgotten. He knows. I would imagine Joseph probably could have identified with that. God is still working and God is still moving. Even when you can't see it, even when you can't feel it, we can trust God. Even in our seasons, can I remind you, Joseph's season was 13 years long. But we look to him for our hope and our peace. Thanks for listening this week. If God is leading you to next steps in your relationship with Him, please reach out to us at marshfieldfirst.org.